It's Sunday morning, and we are talking about something that is going to apply to our lives from one end to the other, and that is the relationship that David and Saul had. Saul was the first man-king of Israel, not the first king. God was the first king. The Bible says that over there in the 12th chapter of 1 Samuel, the 13th chapter of Hosea, and many other places. God was their king. They come up and said they wanted a man king to rule over them because at that time the prophet would be telling the people what to do, and the prophet at that time was Samuel. We've been talking about First and Second Samuel, and this is the introduction of the kingdom of God, which is Israel upon the earth. And they came in and possessed the land after 40 years in the wilderness. They were judged to start with before God was their judge, and God would come directly to the prophet and tell them how, how or what to say to the people. The prophet was chosen by God. He could be from anywhere. He could be, it did not matter. He could be a, an Arabian. It's believed that Elijah may have been an Arab. We're just not sure. Uh, but uh, uh, in order to be a priest or a king, you had to be from the tribe of, to be a king, you had to be of the tribe of Judah. And to be a priest, you had to be of the tribe of Levi. Levi was the third son of Jacob, and Judah was the fourth son. The king comes out of Judah. Levi, that's where the priesthood comes from. The Bible says we are priests and kings, and we are spiritual priests and kings, kings judge righteous judgment and priests give acceptable sacrifice and we give our bodies an acceptable sacrifice daily we've gone through first samuel and we've seen that saul got got very upset at david because david was appointed to be king instead of saul saul somehow got it in his head that this was david's idea you cannot assume the throne of God in Israel. You have to be appointed by God. God appointed Samuel to go to David and anoint him king after Saul's rebellion in that 13th, actually 11th, 11 through 15 of First Samuel. And God appointed David. He was anointed. Then David, the next thing he does is go out and he kills Goliath. Well, this is this starts... A, a rift between David and Saul, not on David's part. What we have to look at when we're looking at David, we need to look and see what we're supposed to do uh, temperament-wise, gossip-wise, any way we are supposed to be acting as a believer. Look at David, he'll tell you. David never once gossiped about Saul. Saul wanted to kill David, wanted to accuse him for being uh, a thief and taking over his kingdom. It wasn't David's idea, it was God's idea. So as soon as David kills Goliath, he comes into town and comes into town where Saul is. He's introduced to Saul by Abner. 
Abner is his commanding general. We've already talked about Abner. We know him. He was a good man. And he introduces David, and they hear in the background these women singing. They've all, the word is out all over Israel that David slew the great Philistine. And when the word got out, he, he, uh, the women are singing, Saul has killed his thousands and David his ten thousands. That's in the 18th chapter of 1 Samuel, the 18th chapter. And from then on, Saul is out to annihilate David. Well, he goes on this siege to get David in a position where he can kill him. Now, most people don't even know about Saul. Saul is not Paul of the New Testament. This is the King Saul of the Old Testament. In the 18th chapter, Saul is so angry at David, he picks up a spear, a javelin, and throws it at David, uh, trying to kill him. He does that several times. He's supposed to be good with a javelin, but evidently that day he wasn't that good. So he starts out after David in the 19th chapter and all the way through the end of the book, through the 30th chapter, all the way through the end of the book, Saul is trying to kill David. Saul has, David has at least twice, he's got Saul in a position where he could have killed him, but he said, that's the Lord's anointed. He didn't, I want you to notice something about David. He didn't have one bad thing to gossip about Saul. Not one thing. Boy, that is a tough thing to do. Not a whisper. He's the one that tells us don't whisper about people. Don't gossip. He knew that what God said, vengeance is mine, I will repay, thus saith the Lord. Well, we go all the way through the book, and we've already seen that Saul dies at the end of the book. He dies in, in that last chapter. He dies. He goes against the Philistines at Mount Gilboa, and when he does that, he's, uh, he's killed, and he actually falls on his sword and commits suicide. A little bit of confusion about that because one man comes to Saul, or comes to David in the first chapter of Second Samuel and tells him, I've helped David fall on his sword and helped him to die. Not David, Saul. I helped him to die. He evidently wasn't doing a good job of committing suicide, so I helped him. David said, this is an amazing thing to me. David didn't even have anything bad to say about Saul. Boy, this, I don't know about you, but this, this story is convicting me about gossip. This story is convicting me because David never said one bad thing about this man that was trying to kill him. Not one thing. Even after he was dead, even after Saul was dead, and this young man comes to David and says, I killed your enemy. He was an Amalekite. Saul didn't say, well, he deserved it. Or David didn't say he deserved it. David said, you had no fear in your heart to kill the Lord's anointed. If God wants the anointed killed and destroyed, he'll do it. David, if you try to find one bad thing that he said about Saul, you can't find it. He never said anything bad. He even, he would defend Saul to the hilt because he was the anointed of the Lord. If we can get it out of our minds, there's something the Bible says much about envy and jealousy that's not supposed to be in our hearts. 
I don't care what somebody has done to you or what you think they've done to you. You're not supposed to be attacking them as a believer. God said, vengeance is mine, I will repay, this saith the Lord. There were some men in David's life, if anybody had a right to attack somebody, it would have been David. He had all these kinfolks. He had a son named Absalom. Absalom, David loved Absalom. Absalom didn't even know how much David loved him. Absalom killed another one of David's sons, Amnon. This was his older half-brother, Amnon. He killed Amnon because Amnon wanted his stepsister, Tamar, and he was fell in lust with her. He just flipped out over his sister, Tamar, and he wanted her, so he took her and he raped her. Absalom was younger than Amnon, and he plots for two years to trap Amnon, and he kills Amnon. Then, then if you'll pay real close attention to what the Bible says, it doesn't say what some of these guys are thinking. Amnon thought his father would have been so angry with him that he had to leave town. So he left the city, went and hid out for, for some time, and then when he comes back... The man that wants to get him back in good graces with David is Joab. That's really amazing. Uh, Joab has a a woman go to go to David and tell him a story about how somebody's been unfaithful and how they need to be restored. So Joab talks David into bringing Absalom back into town. Later on, it is Joab. That kills Absalom. It's like they had no faithfulness. Well, where we are in our story is in the 16th chapter. I want us to resume where we've been. Go to the 16th chapter of 2 Samuel. 2 Samuel 16. From time to time, I want to bring out verses about gossip and whispering. You say, you can say, but you don't know what they've done to me. Nobody has done you worse than David was done by Saul. Nobody. He he was going to kill him. He wanted to murder David. And he wanted to go against the will of God. We need to shut our mouths when it comes to gossip, to whispering about anything in anybody. You say, but Jim, that's hard. I know that's hard. That's extremely difficult. I don't care about how you want to point your finger at someone. We're not supposed to be doing that at all. Well, who's going to make things right? Well, do you think you're going to? You say, what you think? Remember the word vengeance? Vengeance. Does anybody remember the Greek word for it? Huh? Does anybody remember it? Somebody ought to remember that. I've said it a thousand times. You, I mean, ek, excuse me. Ek. Ekobeo. What? Ekobeo. <laughs> no. Ek. 
decay. Remember that now? Act and decay, write out. I'm going to write this out by, by my revenge. I'm going to get these people. God said, vengeance is mine. I will repay. And you're going to find out. Now, when he repays, when he repays Joab, David will be dead. That was David's enemy. You can read in the Psalms that David wrote, and you'll see where that, where that uh, David will say, Lord, deliver me from the enemies. They plot against me. They make a pit for me, for me to stumble. But he never calls their names. He'll even say, in the 51st Psalm, he'll say, we had sweet fellowship together. We had a wonderful time. That was written about Ahithophel. Ahithophel was David's chief counselor. He defected and went over to Absalom's side when Absalom decided to take over the kingdom. He decided he wanted to be the king. But Absalom didn't get the appointment from God. David had another son that assumed the throne. Do you remember who he was? We've talked about him. He tried to just take over the throne. We haven't hit the verses yet, but we've talked about him. Does anybody remember? Absalom was one of David's son. Adonijah was the other one. He tried to assume the throne just... The way they would assume the throne, they would get him a chariot and put 50 men in front of the chariot, running, running in front of the chariot and saying, God save King Absalom. God save King Adonijah. These were, God, these were David's enemies. David didn't kill either one of them. They were his sons and broke his heart. But, he, but God killed both of them after well, he killed David while he was still David was still alive. But Adonijah was right at the end of David's life. Adonijah wanted to take over the throne in the first chapter of First Kings. And Joab, God's got to get Joab. Joab is David's nephew. Who was Joab's mother? Huh? Zeruiah. Z e r u i a h. That was Joab's mother. What was Zeruiah's other son? Abishai. And who was the brother of Abishai? Abishai. And these are brothers here, Joab and Abishai. Who was the other son of Zeruiah? Huh? Asahel. But he was killed. And he was killed by, by who? Abner. And who was Abner? He was what? He was the commanding general of who? Saul. Of Saul. He was a good man. And who was Joab? Huh? Yeah, but who? What was his position? He was general. He was David's commanding general, and Joab wasn't a nice guy, and Abner was. And what they need to do is switch sides or something, I guess. Now I want us to go over here to 
Second Samuel the sixteenth chapter. When you start Second Samuel, David is the king of Israel. He's actually the king of Horab. Horab is southern Israel. Horab is the southernmost city. Is the southernmost city in Israel at this time. It's right before you get down into the Negev Desert. Right right down here at Horeb is in here, right there. Right before you get to the desert. And the kings of the earth gathered to meet with David in the fifth chapter, and they all, including the Philistines, come and praise David for his wonderful way of ruling, his fairness in ruling, and he becomes the uh, he becomes the king over Israel and all of his peers. Now, I want us to go back up here to the sixteenth chapter when when David, after Joab murders Amnon, his brother, and he thinks that David hates him, so he runs to hide, but. David doesn't, not only doesn't hate him, David loves him, the Bible said. He didn't know how much David loved him. He's not going to hurt him. But when David's gone, Joab talks David into letting Abishai, I'm not Abishai, Absalom come back home. When you get into, when he comes back home, uh I want to kind of work my way through this and in first first in second Samuel fifteen fifteen and six. This is where Absalom comes back to town, stands out by the gates of the city and charms the people. Let's read here in chapter verse six of chapter fifteen. In the in this manner did Absalom to all Israel that came to the king for judgment. So Absalom stood out by the gate of the city and said, you don't need to go in there. Just let me talk to you. I'll, I'll show you what you need. And the hearts of the men of Israel. And it came to pass after 40 years. He's out there charming the people for 40 years. That Absalom said unto the king, I pray thee, let me go and pay my vow. Now he's seducing his own father. Let me go pay my vow down in in Hebron unto the Lord. For thy servant vowed a vow while I abode at Geshur in Syria, saying, If the Lord shall bring me again indeed to Jerusalem, then I will serve the Lord. And the king said unto him, This is David, saying, Go in peace, son. So he arose and went to Hebron. But look what Absalom does. And Absalom sent spies throughout all the tribes of Israel, saying, As soon as you hear the sound of the trumpet, then you shall say, Absalom reigneth in Hebron. He's going to take over the kingdom. And with Absalom went 200 men. Now, he's got 200 men accompanying him to run his father out of town. So he heads up to Jerusalem. He's going to run him off, take over the kingdom. And with Absalom went 200 men out of Jerusalem that were called 
and they went in their simplicity. What this means, and they knew not anything. They weren't in collusion with Absalom. They just were going along with him. Okay, we're kind of ignorant. We don't know what's going on. You're going to take over your father's kingdom. And Absalom sent for Ahithophel, the Gilanite, David's chief counselor. Who was Ahithophel in relation to David? Bathsheba's grandfather. So she must have known David even when her saw, he saw her sunbathing on the roof. And Absalom sent for Ahithophel, the Gilonite of David's counselor from his city, even from Gilon, while he offered sacrifices and the conspiracy was strong for the people increased continually with Absalom. He's getting everybody with him to go chase his father David out of town. And there came a messenger to David saying, The hearts of the men of Israel are after your son Absalom. They want him for their king. And David said unto his servants that were with him, And at Jerusalem, Arise and let us flee. We shall not else escape from Absalom. Make speed, depart, lest he overtake us suddenly. David said he's going to take us by surprise if we don't get out of here and bring evil upon us and smite the city with the edge of the sword. And the king's servants said unto the king, Behold, thy servants are ready to do whatsoever my lord the king shall appoint. And the king went forth and all his household after him. And the king left ten women, which were concubines, to keep his house till he gets back, because he has confidence he's going to come back. And the king went forth, and all the people after him, and tarried in the place that was far off. And all the servants passed on beside David. All the Carathites. Now, what was a Carathite? These were executioners. These were bodyguards for David. So he has, he didn't have some little pansy guys for bodyguards. He had some powerful lion-like men is the way the Bible will call it. And all of the Pelethites, now the Pelethites were couriers. They didn't have Pony Express. They didn't have that. But they had some young men that could run fast. <laughs> One of those young men was the son of Zadok, the high priest. His name was Ahimeaz, A-H-A-M-I-A-Z. And he was a courier. He was one of these Pelethites. And they had to have them to carry messages back and forth to the king. And now you remember how many men that Absalom had with him? We just talked about it. He had 200, and he's going to attack his father. But David's got some people that he doesn't know about. David has some people he made friends with. They were Gittites. The Gittites were from Gath. They were Philistines. 
What in the world was David doing with Philistines on his side? Well, you may, I'll bring that to your remembrance in a minute. David had 600 Gittites. He's going to weigh out number Absalom's little army to bring about a coup in Israel. A coup. C-O-U-P, that's uh, an overthrow of the king. And pass on before the king. Now, then said the king to Ittai the Gittite. He's the leader of the Gittites. Him and two other men are going to be David's commanding generals as they flee north of Jerusalem. They're just trying to get out of Absalom's way, but they're going to be outnumbering Absalom, and you can see that through this fight that they're going to have. Why in the world did David meet these Gittites? Uh-huh. How did he end up being friends with them? If you look back at the 21st chapter of First Samuel, when Saul was chasing David, David took off and ran to the Philistines. And the man, you remember who the king of the Philistines was at that time? David scrabbled on the wall. He went over there around the Philistines and he scrabbled and let his spit fall down on the ground and all over him. He was feigning to be crazy. He was faking them out. He was trying to act like he didn't know what was going on. And the Philistine soldiers said, well, he's crazy. Ain't no need to do anything to him. He's that one. He is that one where they sang this song about Saul has killed his thousands and David his ten thousands. And he's crazy. So the Philistine soldiers left him alone. But Achish was the king of Gath at this time. Gath was one of the capital cities of the Philistines even though they were worshiping. But David evidently got real close to these Philistines because remember, Achish gave David a city for him to live in. Do you remember what the city was? Ziklag. That's right. This was David's personal city, Ziklag. Z-I-K. So he's going to live in Ziklag and rule over these people. Well, who else lived in the Ziklag besides David? The Gittites. Evidently, they saw the honesty of David. They have loved David. And even when Saul was going to go fight the Philistines at the end of 1 Samuel, remember, the Bible says that in verse chapter 27, verse 6, that Achish gave David Ziklag, so so he could go to Ziklag and live. So this is where he's getting acquainted with the Philistines. So he's ruling in the city of the Philistines. And when Achish goes out to attack Saul at the end of 1 Samuel, you remember that Achish loved David. He, David was a winning man. He could win anybody over. Even Saul said... He saw that the Lord was with David in that 18th chapter of 1 Samuel when he went after he'd gone out and killed Goliath. David had a wonderful spirit, but he wasn't going around gossiping about anybody. He just let he just said, God, you do what you want to do. I will I'll just lean on you to take vengeance on my enemies. If we can get that in our heads, it's not up to us to fix people's minds, is it? 
Is anybody, anybody been guilty of trying to fix people's minds? <laughs> well, I kind of figured everybody here has. I tried to fix my own. <laughs> Mary said she has to fix her own. You can't fix people's minds ever. What are we supposed to do? Leave them alone. Do like Saul did when the Bible says, withdraw from people who walk disorderly, pull away like Saul, like David did away from Saul, when Saul was about to catch him and take off again, David could have stood up to Saul, but he wasn't going to because he loved Saul. Do you love your enemy in spite of what they are? I'm talking about your believing enemy. He just gave him the truth. And over in the 29th chapter of 1 Samuel, Achish is planning to go to attack the Philistines at Gilgal. That's a city down, let's believe that Gilgal is down on the southwestern border of the Dead Sea in southern Israel. And and he goes, Achish goes to the Philistine army and says, David wants to go with us. He wants to bring his armies up behind us and then he wants to, we will be here, the Philistines will be here, Saul will be here, and David will have his armies here. Man, and David was just setting up the Philistines for an ambush. I don't know what he thought about Achish. He must have loved him because Achish gave him this city and he was just loved David. And David had all these Gittites behind him. A Gittite was a Philistine. Now let's go back over here and look at, what happens here. So David's got, he's got 600 Gittites against, and the Pelethites and all the rest of these, and he's leaving town, going north, away from, he's going north. This is Israel, and this is the Sea of Galilee, and here's the Jordan River running down into the Dead Sea. He's he leaves Jerusalem, goes north, crosses the the Jordan River. This is the Sea of Galilee. The source of the Jordan River is the Sea of Galilee, and it flows, flows down into the Dead Sea. Well, David and his armies, which are led by his four, three generals, Ittai, the Gittite, a Philistine general with David, he's caused those people to love him. They really loved David. Why wouldn't they? He was a man of God. He knew how to act. He didn't try to get people back or gossip about Saul or say bad things about him. He just took his armies and left. And he went to a place called a city of refuge. City of refuge. If you read this story about these men, pay attention to what... David does. He never says a bad thing about Saul. Not one thing. Not only does he not hurt him, he says, we're not going to hurt and we're not going to harm the Lord's anointed. God anointed him. If God wants him off the throne, he'll take him off. If God wants Joab revenge against Joab for all the people he killed and murdered, then God will fix it. It's not up to David to fix Joab. But Joab gets his comeuppance. And so does Absalom, and so does 
So does the rest of the guys that are committing murder in David's family. Now, I want us to keep reading here. Then said in verse 19 of chapter six, uh, 15, Then said the king of it, the king to Ittai the Gittite, David says to Ittai, Wherefore goest thou also with us? Return to thy place. David says, David says, Ittai, go back to your own place. Notice how much Ittai cares about David. He's a Philistine. And abide with the king, for thou art a stranger and also an exile. Whereas thou camest but yesterday, should I this day make thee go up and down with us? Should I make you leave town with us and run and hide like we're going to have to hide from Absalom who wants to take over the kingdom? Sing I go whither I may and return thou and take back thy brethren and mercy and truth be with thee. And Ittai answered King David. This is Ittai's answer. He's a Philistine. As the Lord liveth, as my Lord the king liveth, you are my Lord, he says to David. Surely, in what place my Lord the king shall be, that's where I'm going to be. Well, he had won, he had won the heart of Ittai. Whether in death or life, I'm here to give my life for you, King David. He was more of a friend than his own son, Absalom. Even there also will I thy servant be. That's the words of Ittai, a Philistine to David. Pay attention to who's talking and what they're saying. And David said to Ittai, go and pass over. And Ittai, the Gittite passed over. You know how important it is to know what Gittite means? It's a Philistine that's loving David with heart and soul, saying, I'll die for you, my king. And all the little ones that were with him and all the country wept with a loud voice and all the people passed over. And the king also himself passed over the brook Kidron. And all the people passed over toward the way to the wilderness. This is a, it's like a movement of people. It's an army of David. Now go north. And to Zadok also, and all the Levites with him, bearing the Ark of the Covenant. David's got the Ark of the Covenant. You cannot attack Israel, whoever's carrying the Ark of the Covenant, wrong. God, that's God's throne. God will defend it to the death. And they set down the Ark of God, and Abiathar went up until all the people had done passing out of the city. Now, we got a lot to say about Abiathar. He was the only survivor over there in 1 Samuel when, when 85 priests of God, Ahimelech was the high priest, and Saul came into the town of the priests, and Saul said, I heard that you did... David some favors, you gave him a sword, you gave him food to eat. And Saul told his army, fall upon these priests of God and kill them. And they said, no, we will not. And there was an Amalekite there, you remember who he was? Doeg. Uh, Doeg, he said, I'll kill them, and he did. And the only survivor that day was Abiathar. 
Now, he does some really strange things. He defects from David in 1 Kings. David said, okay, Abiathar, you will be one of the high priests until he started misbehaving. Now, and the king, look at verse, oh, let's read on down. The king said unto Zadok, Carry back the ark of God into the city, and I shall find favor in the eyes of the Lord. And he will bring me again and show me both it and his habitation. But if he this thus say, I have no delight in thee, behold, here I am. Let him do to me as seemeth good unto him. The king said unto Zadok the king, Art not thou a seer? Art you a prophet? Return unto the city in peace, and your two sons with you, Ahimeaz, thy son, and Jonathan, the son of Beathar. They had two high priests in Israel at that time. That is Zadok and Abiathar. Abiathar was the survivor of that slaughter, of that slaughter when Saul slew the, uh, he was the only survivor of the slaughter when Saul slew 85 priests of God and their households. The reason being, Zadok was the high priest of Saul and Abiathar comes from Ahimelech And Ahimelech was the high priest of David. So when the two came together, David said, You're both of the lineage of Aaron. These will be my two high priests. But later on, Abiathar is going to defect, and that's going to leave Zadok as the only high priest in Israel in 1 Kings. You see, is all this necessary? Yeah, we need to know. I want you to see how David acts. He never, ever complains. Now, verse 31, And it was told David that Ahithophel, your chief counselor is among the conspirators that's trying to overthrow you, David. Boy, this just tears David up. And it came to pass, verse 32, that when David was come to the top of the mount where he worshipped, God behold, Hushai, now, most of you all are not familiar with Hushai, H-U-S-H-A-I. He's going to be very important in this war. Hushai is an old man, 80 years old. And he wants to go with David as they leave town and go over here to this city of Mahanim. He wants to leave Jerusalem and go with David. David says, no, Hushai, you stay here. I need a spy in town that can send message to me that what's going on here in Jerusalem. You look out for things. Hushai is going to, the man that's going to come along and try to give Absalom advice 
The man who's going to give Absalom advice is Ahithophel. That is Bathsheba's grandfather. So he is in conspiracy with Absalom. But the man that's going to mess up that advice and going to put a hitch in it is Hushai. He's going to give the... Ahithophel's going to give best military advice he could give. And Hushai's going to say, you don't need to listen to that. And that's what's going to bring Absalom's downfall. Absalom's going to get his comeuppance. He's going to get what's coming to him. He was a scoundrel. David didn't really have any good sons except Solomon until he got involved in his son and tree worship. Now, let's look here at who shot. In verse 33. Hushai the archite came to meet David with a coat rent and earth upon his head, unto whom David said, If thou passest up and you go with me to run away from Jerusalem, you're not then you're going to be a burden unto me at your age. I, I don't need that. He said, But if you return to the city of Jerusalem and say to Absalom, I will be thy servant, O king. You give him the honor and call him king. Tell my son that. And as I have been thy father's servant hitherto, this is who Shai is going to tell Absalom. Just like I've been your father's servant, I'll be your servant. So will I now also be thy servant. Then mayest thou for me defeat the counsel of Ahithophel. And that's exactly what he does. And hast thou not there with thee Zadok and Abiathar the priest? Therefore it shall be that what things soever thou shalt hear out of the king's house, thou shalt tell it to Zadok and Abiathar the priest. And behold, they have there with them their two sons, Ahimeaz, Zadok's son, and he is one of the the para, the parath. Pelethites, he is a courier. In fact, Ahimeaz is the fastest runner in Israel, so he can carry a message very fast and get it back to David. So he's going to have something on his hands when Absalom is killed. And Jonathan, Abiathar's son, he's also a runner. He is also a courier, a Pelethite. By them you shall send unto me everything you can hear. So Hushai, David's friend, came into the city, and Absalom came in Jerusalem, and Hushai is going to be David's spy back in Jerusalem while he's running with his army and his three generals to get up here and get out of the way. But if you'll notice, David doesn't say anything bad about Saul. Nothing. He never mentions him. Now, I want us to go over here to the to the uh, 16th chapter. In the 16th chapter, we find another one of David's enemies rises up. But David doesn't say anything bad about him. Because this man, his name is Shimei. S-H-I-M-E-I. S-H-I-M-E-I. 
and he does something very low down. David is actually the king over all of Israel, but this guy Shammai runs him to David. As David is taking off, going up, he's got his armies headed up here, going to go over here to this city of refuge, Mahanim. And before he's crossing the river, this fellow Shimei comes up, starts screaming and cursing at David. You stole my master's throne. This man is a Benjamite. It tells you he's a Benjamite. And the first king of Israel, his master was Saul, and he's accusing David of stealing his master's throne. I don't think so. That was God's idea. So he's got it in his head too. So let's read about this guy. When David was a little past the top of the hill, behold, Ziba, the servant of Mephibosheth, which was the surviving crippled son, actually of Saul, it was actually Jonathan's crippled son, uh, but it calls him Saul's son along the way. Met him with a couple of asses saddled. And these weren't saddled. When you see a saddle, it just means a blanket thrown over the back of a uh, young ass or whatever they're riding. It was just a blanket, not a western saddle. And upon them 200 loaves of bread and 100 bunches of raisins and 100 of summer fruits and a bottle of wine. The king said unto Ziba, What meanest thou by these? And Ziba said, The asses be of the king's household to ride on, and the bread and the summer fruit for the young men to eat, and the wine such as do faint in the wilderness may drink. And the king said, And where is thy master's son? And Ziba said unto the king, Behold, he abideth at Jerusalem. For he said, Today shall house of Israel, restore me the kingdom of my father. Then said the king to Ziba, Behold, thine eyes are all that pertain unto Mephibosheth, this son of Saul. And Ziba said, I humbly beseech thee that I may find grace in thy sight, my lord of king. Talking to David. And when the king David came to Bahurim, behold, Thence came out a man of the family of the house of Saul, and his name was Shimei. Now, David's going to give you an example right here how you should be when people are giving you a hard time. Because if you know that you've been punished less than your iniquities deserve, as the Ezra, the ninth chapter says, you'll say, I deserve the stones they're throwing at me. And the son of Gera came forth and cursed David still as he came, screaming and yelling at David, You stole my king, my Saul, King Saul's throne. I'm from the land of Benjamin. He was a Benjamite. And he cast stones at David and all the servants of the king David and all the people and all the mighty men were on the right side and on the left Thus said Shimei when he cursed, Come out, come out, you bloody man, David. And thou man of Belial, calling David a devil. And the Lord hath returned unto thee 
all the blood of the house of Saul, in whose stead thou hast reigned. He's accusing of David of stealing, it, stealing the throne of Saul. That's what Shimei is doing. He's going to get his, but it'll be after David is dead that God is going to bring judgment on Shimei. God will bring judgment on your enemies. It may be after you're dead, but it's not up to you to do it. God will bring vengeance and revenge when he wants to, not when you want him to. I think you should do something about this now, God. I'm sorry he doesn't work that way. Whose stead thou hast reigned, and the Lord hath delivered the kingdom into the hand of Absalom thy son. He's got that wrong, doesn't he? See, you got to understand who's talking. This Shimei says, God's delivered the kingdom into Absalom's hand. No, he hasn't. God didn't appoint Absalom king. This guy's just sounding off, making noise. He's a troublemaker is what he is. Thou art taken in thy mischief because thou art a bloody man. Then said Abishai, David's rowdy, loud, boisterous nephew. Big mouth. Everywhere David went, Abishai was riding right beside him on a donkey. Everywhere he went, Abishai, his nephew, was there. Uncle David, I'll go kill this dead dog. Just a smart mouth. So David says, Abishai, the son of Zeruiah, David's sister, said unto the king, Why should this dead dog curse my lord the king? Let me go over, I pray thee, and I'll take his head off. <laughs> David's saying, Shut up, Abishai. I can't handle these sons of Zeruiah, Joab, and Abishai. i got to put up with Abishai every day. It was Abishai that wanted to kill Saul when they caught him in a cave. It was Abishai that wanted to kill Saul when they caught him in a, in a, out in a pasture in a, in a kind of like a hole out there. It was Abishai that always wanted to jump in and kill somebody. And he was a bad dude, too. He wasn't something to be sneezed at. In fact, if you want to look over real quick, like David's numbering all of his mighty men in Israel in the 22nd chapter, or in the 20, 23rd chapter. 23rd chapter, verse 18 He's talking about his mighty men. Verse 18, Abishai, the brother of Joab, the son of Zeruiah, was chief among these three supermen in Israel. And he lifted up his spear against 300 and killed all 300 of them. Abishai wasn't somebody to fool with. You didn't want to start a fight with him. He'd kill you. And had the name among the three. He was some kind of pistol. Now let's go back over here to the 16th chapter. And he's always saying something like this, verse 10. The king said, What have I to do with you, you sons of Zeruiah, you and Joab? Shut your mouth. So let him curse, because the Lord has said unto him, Curse David. 
Are you willing to say that when your enemies come after you, the Lord has said for them to come after me? I have learned people that throw stones at me are supposed to throw stones at me. This keeps me humble before God. I'm not going to argue with somebody that argues with me. I'm not going to allow Mary to whisper about you. I'm not going to allow gossip. You're just going to have to learn. It's not up to you to fight your own fight. God will fight our fights. It may be after we're dead, but he'll do the fighting. Boy, if we can get that in our heads. Vengeance is mine. I will repay the Sith. The Lord. If you think Shemai is going to get by with this, you are mistaken. If you think Joab is going to kill all those people he killed and murder them, you are wrong. God's going to get them in his time, his way. I'm not going to tell people what to do with their lives. I will tell them how to live. I'll teach them truth and godliness and holiness and righteousness. You can gossip about me, but I will not gossip about you. You can tell people all kinds of things and throw stones at me. I say, God hath bidden you to throw stones. Wherefore hast thou done so? And David said to Abishai and to all his servants, Behold, my son, which came forth out of my bowels, seeketh my life. How much more now may this Benjamite do it? I've got him doing it. Why do you need to be giving me this trouble, Abishai? And let him alone and let him curse, for the Lord hath bidden him to curse me and throw stones at me. If somebody's throwing stones at you, God hath bidden him to do that. What have you done in your past? Let me ask you this. When somebody has a bad past, go over here to 1 Corinthians very quickly. When you want to give somebody a hard time, remember who you used to be. Do you remember? Does anybody remember who you used to be? Huh? I just wondered if you could remember it, if you'd forgotten it. All right. I'll get it here in a minute. All right. In the fifth chapter, not the fifth chapter, the sixth chapter. If I can find it. All right. I just want to remind you something that Paul said to the Corinthians. All right. Y'all don't have to give me time here. Verse 9 of 1 Corinthians 6. Know you not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, Malake means pedophilia, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you. Oh, we missed that, didn't we? Huh? You want to condemn somebody for what they are? 
boy, I have been a sinner. I have been the chief of sinners. I don't you know in my past. Such were some of you, but you're washed now. You're washed, but you're sanctified. You're justified in the name of the Lord Jesus by the Spirit of our God. Now, remember your past, or do you want to remember it? If we can learn to keep our mouths shut like David, boy, I have been the worst. Now, so, where do I need to go? So they're headed out to the battle. They're going to have this battle with Absalom. So Absalom gets upon a mule and he's riding forth from the battle. He's outnumbered. And Joab, there's a man that comes upon Absalom. He gets hung in a tree by his six pounds of hair. And he's hanging in this tree. The, the hanging doesn't kill him. But a young man comes along and tells and tells Joab that he found Absalom hanging in a tree. This is David's son. David said in verse 5 of this chapter, 7, 18, Deal gently with the young man for my sake. Deal to Absalom gently. I love him. Don't let anything happen to him. And and Joab finds him hanging in a tree. The, this young man finds him hanging in a tree. And then said Joab in verse 14, I may not tarry thus with thee. And he took three darts in his hand and thrust them through the heart of Absalom, which he was yet alive in the midst of the oak. He murdered Absalom. Even Absalom being as wicked as he was, God will take evil men and do the job that needs to be done. And ten young men that bear Joab's armor compassed about and smote Absalom and killed him. Now, you remember Ahimeaz was one of the Pelethites, a courier? Ahimeaz comes along. He's the son of Zadok, the high priest. He is the runner in Israel. He is a courier. He's really fast. And he steps forward and says, let me take the message to David. He don't want to do that. Verse 19, then said Ahimeaz, the son of Zadok, let me now run and bear the king the tidings of the death of Absalom. I'm not going to read all of this. But let's go down here to verse 27. And the watchman said, Methinketh the running of the foremost is like the running of Ahimeaz, the son of Zadok. We see this courier coming. He's got news. David is saying, Is my son still alive? And the king said, He is a good man and cometh with good tidings. Not as far as the king is concerned. And Ahimeaz called and said unto the king, All is well. 
And he fell down to the earth upon his face before the king and said, Blessed be the Lord God, which hath delivered up the men that lifted up their hand against my Lord King David. And the king said, Is the young man Absalom safe? And Ahimeaz didn't want to open his mouth. And Ahimeaz answered, When Joab sent the king's servant and me thy servant, I saw a great tumult, but I knew not what it was. And yes, he did. He's trying to hide the truth from David. And the king said unto him, Turn aside and stand here. And he turned aside and stood still. And behold, Cushi came, another courier. And Cushi said, Tidings, my lord, the king, for the Lord hath avenged thee this day of them that rose up against thee. Notice he said, The Lord hath avenged you. You didn't avenge yourself. God did it. And the king said unto Cushi, Is the young man Absalom safe? And Cushi answered, The enemies of my lord, the king, and all that rise against thee to do thee hurt, be as that young man is. He was telling him, He's dead. And the king was much moved and went up to the chamber over the gate and quipped and cried. He was brokenhearted. Absalom is dead. My enemy is dead. And I didn't want him dead. Oh, my son Absalom, my son Absalom, would God I had died for thee in your place. Oh, Absalom, my son, my son. And Joab gets back into town. He comes back and he finds David weeping for Absalom in verse 4 of chapter 19. But the king covered his face and the king cried with a loud voice, Oh, my son Absalom, Absalom, my son, my son. Joab came into the house to the king and said, You ought to be ashamed of yourself, David, uncle. Thou hast shamed this day the faces of all thy servants, which this day have saved thy life and the lives of thy sons and of thy daughters and the lives of thy wives and the lives of thy concubines. And all David was interested in was Absalom being alive. And that thou lovest thine enemies and hatest thy friends. Joab had the wrong attitude, didn't he? He was a commanding general. Commanding generals could say anything they wanted to the king because they led the armies. They always did. They were faithful to Joab. And hatest thy friends, for thou hast declared this day that thou regardest neither princes nor servants. For this day I perceive that if Absalom had lived and all of us had died, it would have been well with you, wouldn't it, David? Uncle. Boy, he is a scoundrel. You want to see him get his, don't you? You want to see Joab get his one day. He just had no... Nothing about Joab was 
good. You'll see movies about David and Joab. Joab just some soldier standing over and say, yes, David. No, 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 he was more than that. He was a scoundrel. He's David's nephew, and he's the commander of his army. But David set him up for that. Now, David's coming back. I can't read all of this. David's coming back, crossing the river, and uh, he's coming back to Jerusalem. And Shammai welcomes him back. <laughs> he's the guy that was screaming at him, cursing him, throwing stones at him. And he's wanting to say, David, congratulations, you won the war. <laughs> but Abishai, he has a killer attitude. He wants to kill him. David says no. Verse 11, chapter 19. And King David went, sent to Zadok and to Abiathar the priest, saying, Speak unto the elders of Judah, saying, Why are ye at the last to bring the king back to his house, seeing the speech of Israel is come to the king, even to his house? David sets up a massa in this chapter to be his new commanding general. He wants to get rid of his nephew, Joab. He says, I can't handle you anymore. My, I can't handle these sons of my sister. And they're two of the best soldiers walking. They're two of the best fighters, but they have got bad hearts, even though they are David's nephews. In verse 13, and say ye to Manasseh, art not thou of my bone and of my flesh? God do so unto me, and, any more, and more also, if thou be not captain of the hosts before me continually in the room of Joab. I want you to take over being commander of my army. Now, that's one thing you don't do to Joab. You don't replace Joab. The armies love Joab. They follow him anywhere. Always the generals in the ancient world, particularly the Roman generals, they could take over a kingdom because they led the armies. And a lot of them did. Mark Anthony did that. He was a general in the Roman army. and He just took over the throne. They could do it. Joab could tell Uncle David what to do, and he'd kind of go along with it. See, Joab is the one he hired to, to kill Uriah the Hittite, the husband of Bathsheba, after David got her pregnant. You think your sin's real bad? Did you ever get one of your most faithful friends? Uriah was faithful to David. You ever get the wife of a faithful friend pregnant and then plot his murder so that nobody will find out that you did the bad deed? Have you ever done that? Do you think that David would have a hard time putting somebody down for the sin because he had such wickedness in his past. But he said, I alone have sinned. He took the blame for it. He repented. Now look down here at verse 16. This Shammai, David's coming back from the battle. His son Absalom is dead, killed by his nephew Joab. And Shammai, 
comes back on the scene as David's coming back with the parade and David's won and Absalom's dead and it's all a different story now and Shammai changes his tune. Verse 16, Shammai, the son of Gera, the Benjamite, which is a Behurim, hasted and came down with the men of Judah to meet King David. But he's got a different attitude now. There were a thousand men of Benjamin with him, and Ziba, the servant of the house of Saul, and his fifteen sons and his twenty servants with him, and they went over Jordan before the king. And they went over a ferry boat to carry over a ferry boat over the Jordan to carry over the king's household, and they're coming back to Jerusalem after this battle. Carry over the king's household and to do what he thought good. How much time do I have, Mike? Okay. And Shammai, the son of Gera, fell down before King David. He's ready to praise him now. He was throwing stones at him and cursing him, threatening and saying, You stole my, my king Saul's throne. And he didn't. If you think somebody has stolen your throne in life because they got a promotion you didn't they got a raise and you didn't they hadn't stole nothing that God ordains everything after his own will get that in your head okay it's the way God wanted it to be now where was I and he said unto the king in verse 19 let not my Lord impute iniquity unto me. This is Shammai. That was cursing and screaming at David. Neither do thou remember that which thy servant did perversely the day that my Lord the king went out of Jerusalem. Forget that I cursed you and screamed at you and threw stones at you. That's pretty hard to forget. But David didn't hold it against him. It'll be Solomon, David's son, when he takes over the throne, that will have Shimei killed. Because he just won't behave. Can you forget the day that my Lord the king went out of Jerusalem, that the king should take it to his heart? Don't take that to your heart just because I was throwing rocks at you and cursing you and screaming at you. Can you not take that to heart? David didn't take it to heart. But Abishai did. You can't get out of the way of these two sons. Notice every time you turn around, David said, these sons of Zeruiah are too hard for me. For thy servant does know that I have sinned, and therefore, behold, I am come the first this day all the house of Joseph to go down to meet my lord the king. And Abishai, the son of Zeruiah, answered and said, Shall not Shimei be put to death? I want to kill him. Just like he wanted to kill Saul. Abishai was a loud mouth. And for this, because he cursed the Lord's anointed, and David said, What have I to do with you, you sons of my sister Zeruiah? Quiet! That ye shall... This day be adversaries, Satan. It's the same thing 
that the Philistine soldiers said about David when Achish, the king of Gath, over there in the end of First Samuel, they said David is our. They said when David wanted to accompany the Philistines to go fight Saul at Gilboa, they said David is our adversary. Adversary is the word Satan. He is our Satan. He is our it. The word Satan doesn't mean something necessarily evil. It means an adversary. You got this translated several times in here, adversary. Satan means an adversary. And that's God's adversary. So, Abishai wants to kill him. And David says, David says, you shall not be put to death this day in Israel. He tells Shammai that. But Shammai is going to have to get his. Do I have any time? All right. Let me show you what happens to Shammai and to Joab. Go over to 1 Kings. 1 Kings. Now, when you get under, you're under Solomon's rule in 1 Kings. In 1 Kings, Solomon is the king. It's quite a story about how he becomes king. And this is where Adonijah, David's son, you can see which son he is by turning back over to Second Samuel. These are his different wives and their sons. I'll keep reminding you of this. The third chapter of Second Samuel, uh, talking about the sons of David, unto David, verse 2 of First Samuel 3, was born in Hebron, and his firstborn was Amnon, the one that was killed by Absalom, of Ahinoam, the Jezreelitess, and his second, Kiliab, which you don't hear much about, of Abigail, the wife of Nabal, of the Carmelite, and the third was Absalom. Absalom was David's third son. He's the one that killed Amnon, the firstborn, and the son of Maacah, the daughter of Talmi, king of Geshur, and the fourth son of David is Adonijah. He's the one that tries to assume the throne. He does the same thing in First Kings, the first chapter, that Absalom did over there in that 16th chapter of Second Samuel. He just gets him 50 men to run before a chariot. Always the kings had 50 men to run before him. And he gets in his chariot and takes off down the road. And everybody's yelling, God save King Adonijah. Well, that's got Bathsheba all been out of shape because he has he has not been made king. So she goes to the prophet Nathan and says, Nathan, let's me and you go to King David. He said he was going to make Solomon king. And David is old and dying. He's an old man. He's very cold. They go out and find a young woman to try to keep him company, thinking maybe she can heat him up, but she can't. He's too old. Just too old. 
do y'all remember her name? Abishag. Abishag. Had a funny name, but boy, she was gorgeous. And Adonijah wanted her. So when, so when, uh, when Nathan the prophet goes with David, uh, goes with Solomon to, goes with Bathsheba to David and says, you said you're going to make Solomon king. So David gets out of his sickbed, steps aside, and anoints Solomon king, and they start shouting, God save King Solomon. Well, Adonijah hears about it, and he has assumed that he's going to be king, and he's wrong. So he sends kind of a peace offering to Solomon and says, I, I, I don't want really, I don't want to cause any trouble. He said, let me ask you one thing. Can I have that good-looking woman, Abishag, she was the king's concubine. One thing you did not do is take the king's concubine. She, she was a secondary wife, and the king coming in king would inherit that, would inherit that concubine. And Solomon said, I knew you were rebellious. If you try to overthrow me in this, you'll try to overthrow me some other way. So he had Adonijah killed. Now, Joab, David is dead at this point. And he's settling old matters and old affairs. In this defection, Abiathar of all people, Ahithophel, not Ahithophel, Abiathar, Abiathar was the son of Ahimelech, the one where they killed 85 priests. He was the only surviving one of that priestly line. And David says here, well, let me read some of this. In verse 24, last sentence, Adonijah shall be put to death this day. This is Solomon's words because of what he wanted. Verse 25, King Solomon sent by the hand of Beniah, the son of Jehoiada. Now, Beniah has been made commander of the armies of Israel by Solomon. Joab is no more. Beniah is the boss. He's the commander of the armies. Look back here in in the 23rd, uh, the 20 of 2 Samuel. In 2 Samuel, the 23rd chapter in verse 20, this is where David is numbering Israel and all of his mighty men that God sent these plagues upon Israel for him doing this. And it speaks of Beniah, verse 20, chapter 23, 2 Samuel. And Beniah, the son of Jehoiada, the son of a valiant man, Kabziel, who had done many acts, he slew two lion-like men of Moab, two huge men. 
and went down also and slew a lion in the midst of a pit in the time of snow. When it was snowing, he jumped in a pit with a lion and killed him with his hands. That's who's the new commander commander in charge of Solomon's armies. Now, let's go back over here. What we're doing is finding the final days of Shammai and of uh, David's enemies here, Shammai and Joab. Look at verse 27. Well, let's read 26. 26. This is in the second chapter of First Kings. And unto Abiathar the priest said the king, Get thee to Anathoth, and unto thine own fields, for you're not worthy of death. Abiathar had defected with Ahithophel. He was that surviving priest that came out of those 85 priests that had been slaughtered by Saul or by Doeg. But I will not at this time put thee to death. He said, I'm not going to kill you because you have you bore the ark of the Lord God before David my father and because thou hast been afflicted in all wherein my father was, was afflicted. So Solomon thrust out Abiathar. That's his reward for defecting to Adonijah. From being priest unto the Lord that he might fulfill the word of the Lord which he spake concerning the house of Eli in Shiloh. Then tidings came to Joab, for Joab had turned after Adonijah. He's moved away from David and gone to backing Adonijah who's trying to take over the kingdom. And Adonijah has been put to death at this point. Though he turned not after Absalom, even though Joab didn't go after Absalom. He stuck with David. But he goes with Adonijah because David is sick in his sick bed about to die. And Joab fled into the tabernacle of the Lord and caught hold of the horns of the altar. Why did he do that? That was sanctuary. If you could get into the altar and get a hold of the horns of the altar, here's the here's the temple, the altar was here. It had horns on it and that was a place of safety for a criminal in Israel unless they were a murderer. Oh! Joab was a murderer. He was a killer. So he grabs the horns of the altar and guess who comes up to him and says it's time for you to go. This is the Joab we all talked about. I keep saying, God will have vengeance in his time, not in yours. It's not up to you to give people a hard time. It's up to us as believers to be gentle, quiet, kind, tender-hearted to everybody, everyone, even our worst enemies among the believers. The only people we have a right to be angry with are false teachers that are corrupt in their teachings. The Bible says... These false teachers that speak every wind of doctrine, they corrupt the believers, put them on a vain search. They make them, this is in Ephesians, the fourth chapter. They bring the, the people that are following God to a place where, where they're apologia, past feeling. They're apathetic. 
That's what false doctrine, God's got it in for false teachers more than murderers, more than anything else. And that makes the church apathetic. He said, you be angry at these people, but not each other. And our sins and especially in our past. So, then tidings came to, this is in verse 28 of chapter 2 of 1 Kings. Then tidings came to Joab, for Joab had turned after Adonijah, though he turned not after Absalom. And Joab fled into the tabernacle of the Lord and caught hold of the horns of the altar. And it was told King Solomon that Joab was fled into the tabernacle of the Lord, and behold, he is in the he is by the altar. Then Solomon sent Beniah, his commander in chief, Superman the son of Jehoiada, saying, Go, fall upon him, and kill him. And Benai came to the tabernacle of the Lord and said unto him, Thus said the king, Come forth. He said, No, I will die here. Benai said, That will be no problem for me. And Benai brought the king word again, saying, Thus saith Joab, Thus he answered me, and the king said unto him, Do as he says. You go ahead and kill him where he stands. This is Joab's, this is God's revenge on Joab for his murderous ways. This is David's nephew. He's a murderer. He murdered Abner. No reason to murder Abner. He murdered Uriah the Hittite. He murdered he murdered several people, but it does not matter. He's going to get his and do as he says and fall upon him and bury him that thou mayest take away the innocent blood which Joab shed from me and from the house of my father. And the Lord shall return his blood upon his own head. That means to blame one man for his own sin and his blood upon his head and who fell upon two men more righteous than he. He's talking about Amasa when he murdered Amasa and Abner. Those were righteous, two righteous men. And slew them with the sword, my father David, not knowing whither to wit. Abner, the son of Nair, the captain of the host of Israel, he was a good man. Amasa, the son of Jether, captain of the hosts of Judah. And he murdered these people. Their blood shall therefore return upon the head of Joab and upon the head of his seed forever. Didn't think Joab would get it, did you? He did. But it came in God's time. Vengeance comes when God gets ready. Not when you're ready. And it came by God's will through another king. But upon David and upon his seed and upon his house and upon his throne shall there be peace forever from the Lord. So Benai the son of Jehoiada went up and fell upon him and slew him, and he was buried in his own house in the wilderness. And the king put Benai the son of Jehoiada in his room over the host. He was in charge of the army in the place of Joab. And Zadok the priest did the king put in the room of Abiathar, he set Abiathar aside, and Zadok's going to be the full-fledged high priest in Israel. And the king sent and called 
Shammai and said unto him. Solomon calls him, said, I've heard all these things about how you threw stones at my father. You cursed him. And then you wanted to come up and make up to him after he's won this battle with, with my brother I never got to know, Absalom. And build thee a house in Jerusalem and dwell there. You stay in Jerusalem. Don't you leave Jerusalem. And go not forth thence anywhere with it. Don't you go anywhere. I've got to keep my eye on you. For it shall be that on the day you go out and pass over the brook Kidron, just on the eastern gate of Jerusalem, thou shalt not, thou shalt know for certain that thou shalt surely die. You leave Jerusalem; that is your prisoner for the that's your prison for the rest of your life. Shemai. Thy blood shall be upon thine own head. And Shemai said unto the king, The saying is good. As my lord the king hath said, so will thy servant do. And Shammai dwelt in Jerusalem many days. And it came to pass, something seemingly innocent came about. At the end of three years that two of the servants of Shammai ran away unto Achish, son of Maacah, the king of Gath. And they told Shammai, saying, Behold, your servants are in Gath. That's over in the land of the Philistines. That's over, right over here. And he leaves Jerusalem. Go get him. Wrong. Wrong thing to do when you've been told you'll die if you leave Jerusalem. Shammai rose and sat his ass and went to Gath to Achish to seek his servants. And Shammai went and brought his servants from Gath. And it was told Solomon the king that Shammai had gone from Jerusalem to Gath and was come again. And the king sent and called for Shammai and said, I told you not to do that. Now it's time for you to die. This is Shammai, the man. Did God get in time, get his revenge? Yes. Was it up to you? No. Was it up to David? No. And Solomon had no axe to grind with him that was his father that he cursed and screamed at and said you stole King Saul's kingdom did I not make thee to swear by the Lord and protest and protested unto thee saying no for a certain on the day that thou camest out and walkest abroad any whither that thou shalt surely die and thou didst say unto me the word I have said is good why then hast thou not kept the oath of the Lord and the commandment that I have charged you with? He had to watch over him because he was rebellious. He was treacherous. The king said moreover to, to Shammai, Thou knowest all the wickedness of thine heart is privy to. You've got a wickedness in your heart, and your life will try to raise up an army against me. That thou didst to David my father... Therefore the Lord shall return thy wickedness upon thine head, and King Solomon shall be blessed, and the throne of David shall be established before the Lord forever. So the king commanded Beniah, the captain of the host, under Solomon, the son of Jehoiada, which went out and fell upon him that he died, and the kingdom was established in the hand of Solomon." These guys got it, didn't they? You, your enemy will 
God will get them when he wants to. And we don't need to gossip about them. This buzzing back and forth that goes on in a church shouldn't be. I'm going to get into that in this lesson here. Am I out of time, Mike? One minute. I'm going to come back. There's some things I have skipped going through Second Samuel. There's so much to this. It's just overwhelming. It shows you just... It, it pay close attention to David. Once he had committed adultery and murder, murdering Uriah the Hittite and committing adultery with his wife Bathsheba and having Uriah the Hittite killed, David said, I am to blame. It was all me. It wasn't her. He didn't say she shouldn't have been out there naked sunbathing. He didn't say that. He didn't point a finger at anyone. That's probably why... All the time that Saul was trying to kill him, he was being very elusive in his in his desires to do anything to Saul. He didn't want to do anything to Saul. He didn't want to talk about him. He didn't want to gossip about him. Say, I, I, God made me king. He even he didn't defend himself as being king. I want to come back and. We're going to go into this thing of gossip that David didn't gossip. We're going to cover some parts of this. We've gone through. Have you noticed when we went through First and Second Samuel, there was no bell and grove to contend with, was it? But you get into the contending with bell and the grove in First Kings with Solomon and with and with. Ahab. That's where you get into it. Christmas has to do with first second Kings, first and second chronicles. It's the fire and the tree worship. And it's coming right up as we go into Christmas. Well let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, thank you for truth. Lord, I pray that you'll give me strength to continue. Give the people strength here to continue growing. Teach us, Lord, to be like David and not keeping our mouth shut and say, whatever the world throws at us, that's what we deserve. We'll praise you for everything, fight our battles. It's up to you, Lord, if these people are finally dealt with. It's not up to us. We'll praise you in Christ's name. Amen. There's going to be a parade starting in about 50 minutes, so... Abishag. Didn't Mike get a hold of me? Yeah, he did. I was I was downtown. I had a I was at Washington uh, 
music show. Like Sheldon called me. Wasn't a great fight. I mean, you heard it was submission, though. Yeah, but. but How about them dogs? Hey, hey, baby. They're coming close. SEC championship. The, the big guy didn't have a chance against uh, Daniel Cormier. 